Essence is proud to honor the Black mothers on the front lines of this global pandemic, the ones fighting for the most disproportionately affected communities, the doctors and nurses standing between us and tragedy, the essential workers keeping us fed, the policymakers fighting to keep their cities safe, and the reporters bringing us life-saving news. Their work must not be overlooked as they care for our families and their own. Essence Podcast Network is proud to celebrate these incredible women with a Yes Girl Podcast limited series event, highlighting their lives and daily contributions to society. Yes Girl Podcast is part of the Essence Podcast Network. You can hear and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you listen to audio. Murray. And I'm Charlie Penn. And you're listening to Yes Girl. Today's guests are Kirk and Tammy Franklin. Corey, how are you holding up, love? I am doing all right. All right is okay. You feel like all right is okay? I do. And something I thought about, uh, I've actually been quoting him quite frequently. I haven't been given his attribution, but uh, when we, we talked to Kendrick Sampson, I don't know if you remember in the conversation, he kept saying, it's okay not to be okay. Yes. And I think when I have moments where I'm not okay, I remember his voice saying, it's okay not to be okay. And that kind of levels you. It levels me. I'm so happy that you bring that up because I've been thinking a lot about how we serve, right? And how we react you know, and how we fight. And um, I saw someone post and I reposted on my story. I have to go back and tell you guys which account, but it was breaking down all the roles of activism and how everybody can play a role. And Corey, one of the things on the list was storyteller, which I believe is what we do. Yes. Um, You know what I mean? And um, this idea that, you know, just getting people's stories and messages and documenting what's happening in a form of art, media, is part of it, right? And I felt good about that. But what really also spoke to my heart is like, there's so much that we wanna be doing, right? And we talk about as black women, how exhausted we really are at all times. And I'm gonna quote Rachel Cargill. Um, this is what she said in her caption, okay? Are you ready? It's a picture of her on the, over the weekend, like on her rooftop. Okay. She says, today my resistance was rest. I get asked often by people in the black community, what should I be doing right now? How can I show up? My answer, however you feel called, yet don't ever feel obligated to be the answer to a problem you didn't create. Truly, Black people staying alive and well is the resistance because that's what they tried to rob us of generation after generation. So just being alive and being well, that is your work. Anything above and beyond that is your call, sis. Oh my God, that speaks to me so much. So over the weekend, um, an old colleague of ours, she texts me that, um, well, she texts, you know, one of my group texts. She said, oh, in Fort Greene Park, they're going to do this thing called the layout. And it was all about a peaceful protest. It was all about just recharging, pretty much a lot of what Rachel was talking about in that post, like, you know, resisting, whatever. Mm -hmm. But 
And I was getting ready to go run down there to do it. But I was like, do I have the energy to run down there, get dressed? It was a Sunday. And I got all the things that they were trying to do. But I had a moment. I said, my soul right now needs me to mop this floor in my house. Mm -hmm. Because that's going to make me feel more peaceful when I have to go out in the world physically to A, get exercise or B, get something for my family. I want to come back to a clean house. And that was my only time I had to really deep clean the house like I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, this is going to be my form of resistance. This is going to be my protest is me keeping my sanity. And I had to, it was a talk I had with myself and I had to make myself feel okay with it. You know, because we're, you know, we're in big cities. So people are, are actively protesting. You know, my building even has, um, made a public stance. They ha- we have a banner that says defend black lives. Shout out to Alex Lomond downstairs who really ignited my building to do it. But, you know, I said to myself, like, no, this is my protest right here, myself, my little kingdom, my little queendom, excuse me. We have to be here for the revolution. And we have an article right now on essence.com that talks about the long-term mental effects written by my girl, Kimberly Wilson, that she talked to an expert uh, about the long-term mental health effects, Corey, of battling racism and COVID-19 simultaneously. Girl, every time... (laughs) Simultaneously. That, wow. I didn't even think about about it like that, but... Oh, shoot. Yeah. The PTSD, the emotional triggers, like the lack of sleep, like it's, it's going to kill us if we don't take care of us. So it's wonderful that we all have different roles and we're finding different ways. And whatever your role is, it be, be it protester, you know, storyteller, agitator, whatever, just take some time for you. And that's why that quote really spoke to me. And have to say this before we wrap up on this, the, le- the part especially where she said, it's not your job to fix a problem that you didn't create. Ooh, that said in my soul. Because I'm like, you know what? Yes. Like the people who are responsible it's their role to fix it. It's our exactly. role to let them know that they should, but killing ourselves and doing it, I mean, the exhaustion, we got to all, you know, you got to take care. Take care. And if anything, and shout out to our former um, co-worker, Julie Wilson, I am now more recommitted um, to buying black. Oh yeah. Julie. You know, I've tried to do it when I could, you know, but she did a massive list of black beauty brands. And I was like, you know what? Mm-mm. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I am definitely going to try as best I can to buy black and keep the money in my community. That's going to be my form of pro. You one know, of um, one of, of your way. I love that. And I see, <clears throat> excuse me. I see, I love that. And I see a lot more people doing it, Corey. And if you need a good reminder, because Julie taught me this as well, every year for a birthday or Christmas, Julie would get me a gift from a black owned vendor. And it, and I started kind of doing the same thing for my friends and family and that's a great way to make it a habit. Even if you're not, you know, necessarily kind of thinking about, I don't know about you, Corey, but I tend to buy more for other people than I buy for myself. So even if you're not Guilty. in the habit of, right, like ever actually pressing go on your Amazon cart, every year we, every so often it's something we have to get for someone. A baby shower gift, a happy promotion, congratulations, birthday, holidays. So if you start thinking when those times come about, let me be intentional, even then, about always buying black, you'll really find you can really get in the habit of it. And it's beautiful. And then oftentimes the gifts are more thoughtful, more special. And speaking of thoughtful, we haven't done fan love in a while, Corey. We have not. And I got to shut out that transition. Okay. Thank Um, you. Podcasters (laughs) out there. 
Okay. So Charlie Penn is right. We want to give some love to our listeners because we would not be here without you. So from understated underscore 08, this podcast is everything. Great hosts, outstanding guests, authentic topics. Their voices make my ears and heart smile. Thank you for oh, your review. And you gave us five stars. Thank you. Five stars. Thank, thank you. you. And they call it life-changing, which changes yes. my life. Thank you. Okay. This one is from Brit Brat 1124 She says, love it. Absolutely love this podcast. Feels like a real-life conversation that you would have with your friends. And informative. Love the ladies that host it and continue on Queens. Yes. All right. From LTL, her subject says, yes, girl, five stars. I'm loving this podcast. I just found it in 2020 and I'm listening to you guys from the first podcast. I'm like, what am I going to do when I get all caught up and I can't listen to you guys for hours at a time while at work? I absolutely love you guys. And that was that last part. Everyone was in all caps. Thank you, LTL. Love it. Okay. I have another one. This one is from Chloe S.E. It says, yes, Queens, this is really fierce. Keep getting it, girls. Thank you for the review. From Ban Parnum, so B-A-N-P-A-R-H-A-M. Yes, girl, please. I've been listening since the beginning, and Essence has been a gem with this podcast. Where every Black girl reigns is exactly how I feel, and I'm meeting my girls for brunch, and we're just kikiing about the latest and greatest. I love this show. Corey, these are so beautiful. And I, I think our fans know, I hope they know that we love them so much. And this is totally a mutual love fest. And you know what means so much to me to always hear people say things like, keep doing it. I've been listening year after year, continue on, all of that. And that we, you know, you see so many brands right now and so many people, you know, sharing, like support Black podcasts, support Black TV shows. Da, 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 da. And so many people are doing it for the first time, but we've been on, we've been here, we've been doing this. And I love that we get to just continue what we already do, which is to love on Black women. And that's actually no surprise since I love love. And speaking of, you know, I was super hyped for today's guest. I mean, this week's guest. You know, I was just like, Kirk and Tammy, they're hilarious. They not hilarious? Loving on Tammy. Oh, so it cute. was so cute. It was so cute. And it's funny, uh, we interviewed him, I think, a couple of days before they did, he did the verses with Fred Hammond, who he kept calling him Frederick, and I fell out every time he kept saying, Frederick! <laughs> Frederick! Kirk, Kirk Franklin is funny. funny. Like, he's a comedian and a gospel music icon and a doting husband and father. Yes. All the things. You know what? And I, I don't know, did we? I can't remember now if we talked about this, because we talked about so much and we were just laughing through all of it, but... I will never forget the way the crowd reacted when he made his surprise appearance at Essence Festival. And to me, it was just like, that was a reminder that his music speaks to everyone. But what I also love about he and Tammy is that not only does his music speak to just so many Black people and beyond the guest gospel community, but also their love speaks to people and they know it. Like that wholesome, fun, like we're not trying to be perfect. We're just trying to be us real love, you know, and we do anything for each other, laugh together and enjoy each other kind of love. I think we need to see that. And I love that they give it to us on social media at all times. And I was just excited. I knew it was going to be hoop. I knew it was going to give us some gems. And I think we got all the things, Corey. Yep. And I think right now I just want to get into it. So up next, Kirk and Tammy Franklin. Corey. 
Charlie, you know it's not often that we get to have one of my favorite couples on the show. So you know. know I'm extremely excited right now. You're you're you are you're peaking. You're peaking. I almost want to say I feel blessed, which really ties in mm-hmm. to um, today's guest. You know I'm stopping myself from singing. <laughs> I mean okay. I could go on forever about the man and the artist himself, but what's so special about today is that Kirk Franklin isn't only here, but he's here with his wife, Tammy Franklin. And if you follow them on Instagram, you already know they are faith goals, love goals, family goals, fun goals, just, I mean. All the goals, all the goals. Welcome, Kirk and Tammy, come on in here. (laughs) What's happening? Hi. Hi. What's up? What's up? How hey you doing? Hey guys. You guys have been keeping us our mood so light and positive during yeah. this quarantine. We can't. Let's just start with a thank you for that. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying that. I mean, it, I don't think it's necessarily been intentional. We're just trying to be us and I think trying to make it like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I was just looking at it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You guys yeah. have been really, you know, at, at keeping the giving us all this content. I mean, can we just begin to thank you for that Mother's Day moment? I mean, that Mother's Day, like, just put everybody's Mother's Day to shame. Y'all, I have just, to tell you guys though, we um, most people don't realize that um, myself, our our daughter, and my mother, we didn't know until that morning. And so I, I told him, I said, you better be glad that we perform well under pressure because <laughs> it was like, I mean, it was like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. But it was such a sweet surprise. He wanted to surprise us. So that was um, his gift to us was to do that. Seeing him in the yard directing, the, mm-hmm. I was like, is that an orchestra? That is, it was a full orchestra. <laughs> white people on your yard. Okay. You got white folk on the grass. <laughs> oh, at your commandment, at your commandment, just just, just conduct it. with with the baking. Uh, what do you call that? Uh, no, 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 no. The no. thing where you rolling pin, rolling pin, rolling pin. Oh, oh, yes, okay. Okay. it was a rolling pin. It was a rolling pin. Well, yeah. I have to, I have to ask real quick. How many takes did you have to do? There you go. We only did, did about two? Two, 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 three, 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 three takes. I. Is I got them uh, together and I did all my blocking. I had them all blocked. He had a vision. (laughs) And we did a couple of run throughs and I had my son shoot it. And I had him, you know, kind of just just following me where where I wanted the entrances and the exits to be. And, you know, uh, (laughs) it was fun. It was funny. And it was creating the generation. Yeah. And it was just beautiful. And so after that, then he had um, a surprise brunch. So the orchestra that you saw continued to play for us. And as we social distance as best we could um, with a, a Mother's Day brunch, it was just the sweetest. It was really, really sweet. Him so sweet. I was going to say he's <laughs> such a keeper, but we knew He really that. is. We know you that. Know, how did you two actually meet? I saw that you shared the song that you were playing on a voicemail. And you guys are going to be celebrating a, a big anniversary this year. You said it was in 95. Well, we already did. It was, uh, we celebrated January, our anniversary right? in, in January. So 24 oh. years. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Coming January will be 25. So yeah. Incredible. Tell us how y'all tell them. Tell, I'm going to let her tell it because I'm tired of her always saying I get it wrong. It's it's such a long story, you know, honestly. I, can, I don't um, want no smoke. I don't want no smoke. <laughs> I'll have to I don't want no marital smoke. So, uh, smart man. 
So we initially met um, at a water amusement park here in um, Arlington, Texas. At the time, it was called Wet and Wild. Uh, and now it's called Hurricane Harbor. And I have to make sure that I state that it's a water amusement park because people hear, you know, hear Wet and Wild and think, you know, strip club or something. But <laughs> I know Wet and Wild. I'm from Fort Worth. I know. Okay. Are you really? Yes, yes, yes. Hold on. What? Wait a minute. You can't just say that lightly, right. Negro. You from Fort Worth. And I, and I got another tidbit because I called my mama uh, to get it right. So my auntie sis and my great grandmother uh, had homes right across from Strangers Rest, Baptist Como. Church, and Lake Como. Are you serious? Yes, yes. You funky yes, yes. town. <laughs> what but I did grow, well, I, I went to Eastern Hills Middle School, yeah. but then we left and went to Maryland. Okay. But okay. all of my, I've, I've been doing my ancestry with my daughter and every entry we put in, it's like Fort Worth, Tarrant County, Fort Worth, you know, Amazing. as far as, you know, our past. But I just wanted to shout that out real quick. Don't that I know tell. about Wet and Wild. I know about Wet and Wild time. So you, yes, you know yes. what it, it was well, in I water, when water it was Wet and Wild, yes. Yes. And so um, it was the kind of like the. Um, you know what though, baby? It do sound nasty. It does, Wet and Wild. <laughs> I you think that, um, the, the Christian terrible. couple met at Wet and Wild. Yeah, you um, sound nasty. Yeah, that's why I have to make you sure sound I say, nasty. you know, Absolutely. it's a water amusement park. But it was kind of, it was like the, you know how back then a lot of the radio stations did like the, the start of the summer jam. So like Shanice Wilson was there singing. Um, you know, it was fun. It was kind of like the start of the summer um, kind of kickoff. And I was there with some girlfriends and, um, a guy that I was seeing at the time, um, he was there with some friends. We'd gotten into a fight. And so I walk outside in the front of the park, just kind of waiting. He was getting ready to end. And I was cute, y'all. I had a cute little uh, swimsuit on, red lips like I have today. <laughs> I had a towel wrapped around me. So I'm just kind of sitting there, you know, uh, waiting for my friends to come out. And these guys come up to me and they take my towel from me. And start kind of, you know, playing around with it. I'm already mad. So I'm like, no, this is not the time. I don't want to do this right now. And so this gentleman comes up, takes the towel from the guys. And I guess he starts kind of chastising them too much because one of the guys ends up saying that you're the one that told us to take it from her because you wanted to meet her. Oh, busted. Busted. And <laughs> but, but very I, slick. I appreciate that. Chris. Okay. And so I died laughing. I don't know why it was funny to me, but it was hysterical. And I'm thinking, okay, you did all of this to meet me. And he was fully dressed and cross colors. Now everybody else has on pants, you know, swimming suits. So I'm like, why do you have on cross colors? Why are you fully clothed? And he says to me, um, I'm a minister of music and I'm just leaving choir rehearsal. Well, that stuck out to me. Like, like what? I mean, I'm 18, I'm a church girl. Um, and the fact that he was so honest about that made me more curious to know. At first, I was thinking, you know, I'm going to make old boy inside jealous. You know, so I'm like, you stand right here. We're going to talk. But then once he said that, it just, you know, it, it struck something in me. And so at that point, I you know, I thought he was cute. So we just kind of I moseyed him on over because I didn't want old boy to see him. I really wanted to talk to him and see what he was about. And he began to tell me how he you know, wanted to do music. Um, he wanted to infuse all the different genres that he loved, you know, reggae and hip hop and classical and traditional. And I'm just like, okay, you're telling me the truth and you have a plan. Love it. 
And so that's that's where it began. Um, I would I'll stop there because it's a, such a long story. So that that's uh, how we met. Now I'm gonna tell the real story. I was driving down the street and there was this young lady on the corner. <laughs> Wait a minute, and she had say- a real will work for food sign. And I felt sorry for her, and she said, Mr. Please, can you take me in and change my life? And I thought about it. I I drove around the block a couple of times and and I said, jump on in. And I took her to Neiman Marcus, got her dressed up, got a nice high Neiman mask. Marcus, you could afford Neiman yeah. Marcus then. Well, yeah, but because I was a boss back then. Yeah, all yes, right. yes, okay. yes, yes. Next question. <laughs> Next question. I love you guys. Love. And so obviously you were meant to be and instantly just, I mean, I know you said it's a long story, but it's a long clearly, story. how did you each know that the other was the one? Because clearly you got it right. Well, I, I would say a part of our story is, um, although we met during that time, uh, we separated for, th- for three years. And we, and that at that point, really grew a really amazing friendship. Although there were feelings there, I moved away. And so we still kept in contact with each other. Um, and she started seeing somebody else. He started seeing several people. Um, <laughs> like, like, you want to go? You want to go there? Right. <laughs> so we just developed this amazing friendship, and but we knew that our feelings for each other were like the elephant in the room, and it took one one particular time where you know because he wasn't living right. Bless his heart. He was not living right. He loved Jesus, but he was not living right. And so he would call me and just, you know, what what which is one of the things I did love about him though, because he would call me and he was like, I really want to, you know, live for the Lord. I want to, you know, do so within my actions. And I know, you know, me walk, you know, being this gospel hole is not to the Lord. Whoa. <laughs> Okay, you you, literally would call me just crying, you know, crying, (laughs) crying and jumping from house to house. And and what it boiled down to, come on, turn around, face the music. Oh, oh, he's got, uh uh-oh, Corey, he didn't turn all the way around. (laughs) So really what it boiled down to is, you know, he didn't have family. And so he would hop around from, you know, house to house because, you know, when it was time to go to bed, you know, they they, you got to go. Um, he would just go from house to house. He would call me and I'm like, Kirk, your problem is loneliness. It's not, you know, but hoeing. Yeah, you hoeing. But <laughs> so was it because what he would end up doing so that he could stay longer, he would get in romantic relationships with one of the, you know, one of the daughters. So then the, the parents <laughs> will feel comfortable to let him, you know, stay up until, you know, 12, one o'clock in the morning. But I ain't no hoe. No more. No mo. I just. <laughs> Just this, this we know, okay. This and, know. and so his desire to live right, he decided that he I'm was, was going I'm to sweating. take this this stance and make this one particular girl, you know, the one. And like I said, we were friends, and so he, you know, he would call me and talk to me about you know people, uh, you know, maybe young ladies that he was, he was seeing, and the fact that he was deciding to take it seriously. It awakened feelings in me that I knew that were there, but it just awakened something in me where I was like, wait a minute, I'm used to him talking about several different people. Now he's talking about 
just making, you know, being committed to one. And that just awakened something in me. He was my friend. And so I wanted him to be happy. So I just went along with it. I was like, you know, okay, but like literally dying inside. And he had this whole night planned and, you know, he was going to make her the one. And he called me back later on that, well, we hours in the morning, probably two. And, you know, telling me about the evening and he had flowers and blah, 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 blah. And um, <laughs> he finally gets to the point to where he's like, but I couldn't do it. And I'm, I was like, uh, and honestly, I'm at this point teary. And I was like, why? And he said, I just cannot stop thinking about what we're supposed to be. I was like, I wanted you to be happy and I would have been so happy for you. But I, I want to see what's here, too. I don't want to let it be an elephant in the room anymore. And so from that moment, it just. Oh, my God. It it's like you off. can see right into his soul. Oh, my God. I, I, I read yeah. him like a book. But yeah. I want this to be a movie. Please write this down. Hello. Make it a beautiful movie. Oh, my God. Maybe someday. We need the story. We need the story. <laughs> So I, listening to you guys and seeing you guys report and, you know, obviously seeing y'all's love as it blossoms on, on Instagram and social and just knowing your story over the years tied to the album title, which, you know, happy anniversary of the album. Uh, one year. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what, yeah. Is, what is y'all's love theory? Uh, man, well, it's everything is is fundamental based on my faith that that everything that is executed in my life whether it's parenting or being a husband or how I treat people or how I do music or how I see social injustice or or just whatever the issues are in my life they they are all uh, dear reflections of my personal faith that I've seen uh, transform me from this individual that did not have a lot of direction, had a lot of broken, and still have a lot of residue in that area. So everything is executed from that perspective. Um, and so my love for Tammy is really rooted deeper in my love for Christ, just because uh, there are mountains and waves that happen in life that, that there has to be something bigger, something superhuman that can allow people to have a deeper longer lasting relationship where where they're not just cohabitating not where they are just existing but they are searching for deeper longest longings within each other and 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 there's a genuine love and a reflection of that love that is that is radiant and that comes from for me a deeper pursuit and a deeper chase of my Christian faith. And so my love for God has to be reflected in my love for her, just because I am, am very clear that God's hand and God's grace flows through her, that that all the great things in my life are a conduit uh, of her life with me. And so that is, that is how I view every aspect of my life. Up next, more Yes Girl to come. In honor of the essential workers who have been on the front lines, Essence asks you to nominate your heroes by sharing their inspiring stories on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Now you can read their stories and vote for the one that touches you at EssenceFestival.com. Then on Saturday, July 4th, tune in as we celebrate our heroes and present the Essential Heroes Awards during the 2020 Essence Festival of Culture, streaming on Essence Studios. Wow, that's really beautiful. 
Wait, I just love what you guys are talking about with that vulnerability and Kirk with your love for God and your love for Tammy. How does all of that come together in your work and your creativity? How does it fuel you? Like, you know, what one of the greatest gifts that I've ever been given outside of the tangible things of family uh, early on as a little boy is this incredible, incredible kind gift that the Lord has uh, loaned me of songwriting. You know, songwriting has been, uh, it has been a voice for me in so many areas of my life that I didn't know that, like there were times that I was speaking faith when I was faithless. There were times that I would write about joy when I was hopeless. A lot of times I was just the pen in the room. I, I was just the pen that God grabbed. And so um, it has been very interesting, the journey between my, my intimate private faith and this public expression of music. Uh, sometimes they are synonymous. Sometimes they are warring uh, duels just because I'm not always where I want to be at the moment that a song speaks. And sometimes my life is not always reflective uh, when a song is given, but it's still needed for someone else. It's still written for another person's situation. And, you know, that can be, that can be a weird dichotomy at times to be writing a song that you see affecting, like one great example, I was writing a song called Imagine Me, right? Writing a song called Imagine Me, didn't know if it was connecting, didn't really know where it was, just because it was a different perspective of, you know, a lot of times Christian music or gospel music is very vertical. You know, it's us to him, you know, you know, God, we worship you. We lift our hands and say, where, you know, um, a lot of times, that is just the DNA of gospel music or Christian music. And so the horizontal talking about me, my issues, my storms, whatever. So in this therapeutic process that God has given me, because really that's what it's been, is, you know, uh, songwriting has been my own couch at times, you know, but, but I still go to a couch at times too. Um, and so writing Imagine Me, I remember calling Tammy upstairs and, and I told her, baby, I have a song idea. And I don't know if it's connecting to just because of how lyrically it's being structured. And so I started writing, playing this song for her. And of course I had my eyes closed and, and I was facing another way when I was playing or whatever. Turned around to ask her what she thought and she's just like wet in the face. And so for me, it was like, okay. Where where for me, that, that's, that didn't do that for me at the time, but to see what it was doing for the people. And a lot of times, it's weird to not be a participant. You know, sometimes you're sitting on the sideline, like, you know, like, like I want to feel what they feel, you know, Jesus, you know. And, and sometimes it may be five years from then. It may be 10. It may, sometimes it may be never. And, 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 and I think that that is the, uh, the difficult dance. And I've been very humbled to just be in the room. Tammy, what has it been like watching his growth as an artist over the years? I mean, because you've been there, you know, just as long as he's, you know, been the, the world that we've known him and to see his trajectory. Um, I would say as his wife and, um, and as his friend, um, it's been such a blessing because the growth that, we get to experience through his music is reflective of the growth that's been happening or that's occurring in his own personal life. Uh, for instance, as he mentioned, the Imagine Me comes from, although it's a blessing to us, 
it comes from a very deep, um, broken, painful place for him. And I never really even looked at it that way until um, a couple of weeks ago, um, a couple of weeks ago. But I was going to even mention even you working on the uh, the Love Theory album. I noticed that he seemed to self-sabotage working like he would he would have a plan. And then it would always I mean, and we all we can self-sabotage ourselves like, you know, yeah, you, you, you have on workout clothes, but all of a sudden you find yourself just kind of, you know, find other stuff to do. On you the know, couch with a brownie, that part. And so I noticed, and I've watched him, um, you know, write several albums. And for whatever reason, I noticed this differently. And I finally said to him, I said, babe, I said, I, I you know, for the last few days, I'm watching you self-sabotage, going to go do this. And he said to me, People don't realize the very vulnerable and broken place emotionally that I have to go to, to get it out. And he said, it's lonely. I'm by myself. Sometimes it's reliving uh, moments in my life. Sometimes it's dealing with what I'm dealing with right now. And, you know, we'd been married at that point, I guess, what? 23 years. 23 years. And I had never, ever realized the vulnerability that it takes for him to get it out. And as a wife, it, it opened up my eyes to um, just a journey that he's had to go through. And of course I see it. I am a recipient recipient of it, uh, of his growth. Um, but it, it, it showed me how deep and vulnerable that he's had to, um, to go. And the hint is a long time uh, with, with, with God to get to the masses of what we get to hear and that, you know, that bless us in that, in that moment. Um, you know, as he mentioned, letting me hear the words to imagine me, you know, I don't know if you remember this, babe, I said to you, you are, you are verbalizing what a lot of us feel internally that we have no words for. And all of a sudden you, you've given us words, words to how I, how I feel or how I have felt. And so it's, I mean, although I'm a wife, I'm a, I'm, I am a fan. There are songs that, that that he's, you know, written years ago. I forget. <laughs> I know he did it, but I forget. And, you know, I'm like, oh, that's right. My man wrote that. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. But yeah, it, it's a blessing mm-hmm. to watch, honestly. And you're telling the truth about him, you know, putting, speaking to our hearts and kind mm-hmm. of putting it in a way that makes sense. Big or small, I play just want to be happy when I literally yes. just need to be happy, you know? Mm-hmm. And with everything that's happening right now, with the news, George Floyd, most recently, you know, um, I mean, we can't breathe again. Right. And it's again, and it's like, we need music to get through that, but we, we also just need a word. So what, what can you all speak to just keeping the faith right now in a time like this and a quarantine, and then also just being black in America? You know, is I think that the biggest thing that um, hasn't been said uh, from behind the pulpits of of our of our faith based communities and and even from people that may have the microphone at times in the faith based community is that we don't share enough how damaged our faith can be that a lot of times it looks like that we are people that live in rainbows and flowers that is a great mistake and it it is a strong and truth that we don't have these moments of heaviness. Like last night, I'm in the bed, going to bed and having some anxiety attacks because 
of the news, you know, and I'm having to breathe and, you know, do my little, you know, you know, you know, uh, skills that I've learned when it comes to anxiety, different breathing. And she can always feel me when I'm doing it. So she turns around to me. She's 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 trying to rub my head and my shoulder, which was so sweet of her. And then one of my homeboys called me early this morning. Corey calls me early this morning and he's like, man, I need you. He's, he's like, you know, I'm pissed. I'm pissed, bro. I'm pissed. I just, I'm just tired. And so he's going to try to come see me late on today, which is big because he is a germaphobe. He's scared to death of Rona. And, <laughs> you know, he's going to kind of do some, stay 60 feet apart. You know what I mean? <laughs> he'll be done. He'll be in the next city. Yeah, I dog. You know, and, and as I think that it is okay for people to know that even people of faith, we struggle and say why god why god what where is god how could god and i don't know if you guys saw the uh news today about a lead singer of a, a of a contemporary christian band called hawk nelson and uh, hawk nelson was a pretty popular christian band uh, and 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 y'all do know that when we say christian most of the times it's white right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah like gospel is black christian is white which is a whole nother issue that has to be done. That's a whole other podcast. A whole other podcast. But uh, the lead singer of Hog Nelson today uh, denounced his Christian faith, said that he's no longer Christian. And, and, and he goes through this didactic process of, 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 of explaining that, but it is interesting because his feelings or feelings that everybody has had, like he did not say anything in his post for me that are not questions and, and feelings that every Christian has had. It is the same as two people that were in the tr- uh, World Trade Center when they fell. Two survivors can come out of that situation two different ways. One can come out better. One can come out bitter. Yeah. Same situation. And a lot of that is the compass of the heart. And it's the direction of what the compass of the direction of the heart that was already presupposed. And so that presupposition is what's going to be the narrative of that life. If you leave out, like if you already had a heart that was presupposed to a negative view of God, then it may it may turn negative or it may turn positive. And so uh, my doubts, my fears and my angers and my questions of God, unlike my brother from Hog Nelson, God bless his soul. And uh yeah, and I don't know him, and I hope someday to meet him, is that what it did is that it made me run more to deeper understanding and intellectual academic scholarship to my faith uh, when the Black Hebrew Israelites were coming or when when conversations of Egyptology were coming and, and uh, issues of colonial Christianity were, were coming. Those things made me want to dive deeper to see, okay, well, is what I believe true instead of, well, maybe what I don't believe is true. And so I just want to encourage everybody that when you have these doubts and fears, God is not an insecure God in heaven worried about his brand and uh, his social media followers when you don't like something he do. You know, he's not trying to post something just to get you hype just because he don't want you to stop following him. Is that our lack of faith in him never stops his faith in us. You know, I just want people to know that they can come. And that God is not in heaven worrying about how he's going to answer your deepest questions. Mm. Woo, thank you for a word. Mm, oh, man. Thank you. He Come is smart. No okay. you want. He, he read and books. I'm not a hoe. You know what? Get back. No more. <laughs> One thing I have to ask as a true, you know, family Texas native running deep, Juneteenth is coming up. Exactly. <laughs> what did you say, daughter? I'm sorry, daughter. What did you say? What was y'all saying to the bishop? 
I was what y'all saying to the man of God? Ask about Juneteenth and how y'all gonna celebrate because yes. as, as Texas folk, you know, it's a really big deal for us. But you know, I'm it's it's celebrated throughout. But I mean, I hear I'm you. But it's it's I, I, celebrating my freedom. I'm I am feeling a little anxious. You I'm know, with all you that's something. going on. Okay. Listen, no cap. <laughs> I'm 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 telling you. I may be in these streets trying to rally a, uh, a a a a march or something. I'm serious right now. I'm 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 thinking of tangible things to be able to show uh, my unity and support. So uh, it is the climate is very difficult to celebrate in right now. And 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 when you talk about freedom, exactly what does that look? Uh, what uh, um, how do we quantify that right now? Because of those difficult truths. You know, your boy may be with a mask on with some other brothers and sisters and we stand in marching in unity about, uh, you know, once again, we can't breathe. So I don't know. And the most difficult part about it is about the time we get to Juneteenth, there could be another life. We were just dealing. We were just dealing with Ahmad three weeks ago. Yeah. Breonna Taylor. I mean, we yes. list goes on. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, we'll. Yeah. It's almost like in this climate. You got to wait till you get there before you tell people what you're going to do, because you don't know what's going to happen in, in uh, this linear process that we're in. And so we'll see when we get there. Well, we are definitely all in it together, you know, and we have to take care of ourselves. I know with my husband and I, we have been really pouring into each other in a new way, you know, and, you know, with taking the time that we have to kind of do that to pour into our relationship and to pour into each other. So how are you both, Tammy, how are you pouring into Kirk? Kirk, how are you pouring into Tammy while you have a little more time to do that? We're not just hopping on planes and trains. And- exactly. Um, I, I definitely, what I do love about this forced slowdown, it's been helping me to just enjoy the simple things. I mean, there was a, a couple of days that we all woke up and we were so excited that the sun was shining. Yeah. It's something simple like that or... The fact that um, when this all happened, there were no leaves on the trees. And now there's this full of leaves right. and no <laughs> colors. And, and I think what um, has been most important to me that we've been doing is just communicating, sharing our feelings. Um, you know, this, this time um, I have um, I've had a lot of different emotions that I typically don't have. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a homebody. Uh, and so, oh, so funny, our youngest son, he just, he's a, he's a bit of an introvert. And he said, mom, it's the introvert's time to shine. We've been doing, you know, we've been doing this. It's been season. <laughs> but even in that, uh, you know, the first couple of weeks I was enjoying, you know, having my babies back at home because we're, we're semi empty nesting. Uh, but not right now. Not right now. Uh, and so, you know, I've been enjoying taking care of my family and cooking and we've been playing Uno and playing basketball outside and, you know, but then week three and week four hit and I'm like, Ooh, I am feeling something emotionally that I am not used to feeling. And, and I even had to be honest with him. And some of it was about, uh, he's more of a night owl than I am. And so, you know, doing Rona, uh, everybody's sleep is just completely off. And okay. so I had to be honest and say, Hey, I'm trying to hang with you. Cause I want to hang with you. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to do, but I'm struggling emotionally when I don't get enough sleep or when I don't have some type of consistency. So for us, it's just been, you know, open lines of communication, hearing one another, me being sensitive to the fact that he may be 
a little. Let me tell you the good part. She's trying to be a little, a little off because <laughs> he's worried about, uh, you know, as the provider, he's worried about our home and, you know, things have canceled. And, and so he may not give me the answer that I'm looking for or how, how I would like for it to sound. So it's just being sensitive also to one another and realizing that we both are going, we're, we're, it's like we're all going through the same exact storm, but how we react may be completely different. So I, um, when she brought these things to my attention, I felt very lovingly justified in my stance. I was like, well, I have another perspective. And so we got into this kind of tense conversation and I am very one that's quick for counseling. And so I have my therapist on like speed dial, right? And oh man, been going to counseling for 30 years, you know, you know, just for my own, you know, adopted and childhood abandonment issues and, you know, on PTSD as a, you know, just a black man. And so I uh, called him and set up a, a Zoom call. And I'm going to be very honest with you. I felt pretty confident in my perspective. I was like, you know, Tammy and I had a little situation, but I want her to communicate because I think she's got to get some things off of her chest. And so I felt very comfortable in my posture. I was like, I felt like I had a a very clean stance and that what I was feeling was legitimate and that he would give Tammy clarity. (laughs) That Negro got on that Zoom call and ripped me another... I'm telling you, I felt like Kunta Kente oh. by the time I got off that oh. phone call. Yeah, I felt like <laughs> I felt like he took me up and down the uh, Georgia stream. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Like I, I had no idea that I was the um, well, just, just the cause of some of it. Just because I felt very feel very justified in my posture about what I was feeling and believing. And, and what mean, you know, I'm praying for, you know what, let's pray. Let's pray, Father in heaven. <laughs> Negro, that man got on that phone and wore me out. I know he did. But what, I, what, what I do love, though, <laughs> uh, what I do love about my husband is that yeah. he's open to accountability. I love that. I mean not only open to counseling, because a lot of men are not. And I had to learn that through the process of counseling is that, you know, our counselor told us at one point that he counsels a lot of women by themselves because the husband's like, I'm not going. So I appreciate the fact that he's willing to do counseling, not only collectively, but but individually. And um, he's open to accountability. Kirk now, Kirk and Tammy, I do have a request. You just said that he's all about that therapy, that accountability and all that. Can we get a master class for the fellas, please? Can we get a husband's master okay. class? Can we- you, you are giving confirmation because I've been telling him that he needs to do something. Speak to the brothers, please. Yes. Listen to yeah. your wife, Kirk. She, do it. Yeah, we just got to find a way to communicate in non-traditional ways because that's where a lot of men are. The traditional ways have either hurt them or turned them off. And so we've got to find creative cultural ways to be able to have the same message, but it'd be packaged different. And well, so you guys we can to- just send us the Zoom call link and my husband and I'll just yeah. join. And we'll that is so we can talk to y'all forever. Oh, thank you so much. This thank was so you. much fun. Thank you, guys. Thank Leah, you. Thank you. Keep up the content, please. See you yeah. on Instagram. <laughs> See you on Instagram. Thank you. Thank Wait, you, Charlie. Uh, thank, thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Funky Town. Nice Tam. to meet y'all. For For work. Be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of 
Yes Girl, such as our conversations with Raphael Sadiq, Kelly Rowland, Regina King, and Fantasia. You can check out our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, and Google Play. And while you're there, be sure to rate us and review us. See you next week. Bye.